0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. Let's jump right into this box office weekend because we had both Batman and K-Pop at the top of the box office charts. We'll talk about what that means for the future ahead. Before we jump into the weekend, though, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. We've been partners for several weeks now, and I love partnering with them because they actually care about communities like this one, where we engage with each other about movies and life and things that we love, and so I'm always happy to have them on board. Carbon Health has over 100 locations in 14 states, including over 50 locations throughout California, including San Diego, the Bay Area, Los Angeles. And don't forget that you can download the Carbon Health app so you can have a doctor ready to go in your pocket in case you're on the road if you're traveling. If you need a virtual visit or a visit in person for any kind of urgent care, Carbon Health will be able to take care of that for you. And as always, I want to thank them for being my partner here on the show. Let's jump into the weekend top five. And the Batman had a pretty good hold. 50%, which we talk about uh, for a blockbuster, uh, 50% is actually about where you want to be, especially when you take a look at those big opening numbers from last weekend. 66.5 million dollars. When you're looking at it percentage-wise, it didn't hold as well as some movies like Batman Returns, Lego Batman, etc. But it held better than Batman v Superman, much better than Batman v Superman, better than The Dark Knight, better than the Dark Knight. Rises. Of course, those movies all had bigger openings than The Batman did. But still, when we look at 50%, considering, again, that we're not quite out of the woods, there are still some people that I think are hesitant to go to the movies or perhaps are out of that habit. And the abbreviated theatrical window, something else to keep in mind, uh, Warner Brothers apparently will be making The Batman available after 45 days of theatrical release, which will be in about a month. The fact that you're only dropping 50% is a positive sign for that film and for the fact that people are going back to see it or are going to see based on people's recommendations in the theater. In its fourth week, Uncharted, still in the number two spot. Pretty good holds across the top five here. Just a 17% drop from last week at 9200000 million. We'll talk about BTS in just a moment. Let's get to numbers four and five real quick. Dog at number four with a 15% drop at $5.2 million. And then Spider-Man No Way Home spending its 13th week in the top 10. Dropped just 10% from last weekend with another $4 million. It is approaching the... 800 million dollar mark domestically it will be hitting home media pretty soon so we'll see if it can get to that number it looks like it's it's heading that direction uh, but again a lot of life still in spider-man no way home but the thing that perhaps you might be surprised to see in the top five is the concert event bts permission to dance it was streamed live from Seoul. it made 6.8 million dollars at the box office over the weekend that set a new record for what is being called event So that would be live events that are streamed to movie theaters. And it is part of what I think could be a next step for the evolution of movie theaters. This is something that executives like Adam Aaron from AMC, we'll talk about him in just a moment, have said is that movie theaters are going to transition into these sort of specialty events. And one thing to keep in mind when we look at that number is that tickets for this were at a special rate. They were sold for $35, because this is something that's in conjunction with a live event. It's basically like buying a concert ticket. You're just watching it virtually instead of live. And this is largely where I think a lot of the movie business is going to be headed for good reasons and bad reasons. When you talk about good reasons, it brought a lot of people to theaters. When we average it out, it sold 195,428 tickets. If you were to do that at the average ticket price of $9.16, which has been the recent average, that would have been about $1.7 million uh, over the weekend With a $2,000 per theater average, that would put it in about seventh or eighth for the weekend. But with the extra ticket price, of course, some of that is going to, I'm sure, the promotion companies, to the band, to the exhibitors, also to the theaters. But you are bringing people in the door. So that is a positive thing. The negative thing, though, and it's something that I'm not particularly in favor of, is where we tend to be going overall with the movie theater business. And it's something that I actually had noted to mention last week and did not mention. But if there is going to be an asterisk on the debut of The Batman, it's that many theater chains, including reportedly Regal and definitely AMC, Actually, charged more for people to go see the Batman last week, between a $1 dollar to a dollar fifty more than normal ticket prices would be. And this was kind of under the radar. It actually turned out people went back and looked. Uh, some chains, including AMC and Regal, had already done this for Spider-Man: No Way Home. But on an earnings call, Adam Aaron just decided to come right out and say, like, "Hey, guess what? We're raising ticket prices for the Batman because I guess he thinks that it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing for him because that means more money coming in the door." For AMC, but is that such a good thing for consumers? It's a thing, and Adam Aaron has said that AMC's already done this in Europe, where you could be charged for things like better seats, like you would be at a concert. Like, you basically choose where you're going to sit into a movie theater, and then you get to add on that ticket price if you want to sit front and center. Now, if you ask me, there is no quicker way to kill off the movie-going business to the average audience person than to do something like this. That is the Spirit Airlines method of going to the movies. Oh, if you want to go see Batman, and fine, that'll be $12, but if you wanna go see it at seven o'clock, it'll be $14. And if you wanna sit in the middle, well, that'll be $18. At some point, people are going to give up. A lot of people already have through this pandemic. I think this is a really bad idea, and I understand why theater owners wanna do it, because they're looking for new ways to revolutionize their business model. I've always said that a great way to revolutionize their business model would be to have people that actually are in the theaters making sure that people aren't on their phones, people aren't talking, that people are actually enjoying the movie uh, without distraction, because from what I see anecdotally, that's a big reason why people don't go to the movies anymore. More is because they've been in audiences where all of those things are a problem and enforcement at movie theaters is zero. So instead of rethinking the overall business model of the theater itself, I think the theater should get back to the basics and enforcing why people actually go to the movies. But setting that aside... If they want to make this a more premium experience, then they're going to price out the everyday person. So then it becomes, will this premium experience keep an entire industry afloat? It'll probably keep the big guys afloat, sure, but I don't know how many other people are gonna be able to compete. I don't really care for the Spirit Airlines approach uh, for anything, really. I don't really particularly enjoy uh, flying Spirit Airlines. I guess they'll never be a sponsor on this show. But it's only because I want to know what the price is. I don't want to know what it's going to be once you add in 15 different markups. And I think that right now, to get moviegoers back, theaters have to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. They should be cutting ticket prices, not raising them, or at least not raising them for the movies that people want to see more, because that means that people are going to pay to see movies like The Batman no matter what. We know this. We know that no matter what, people are going to go see Spider-Man or Batman, but that also means they're probably not going to spend that money to see other films that need more help, and that's what all this is about. I like that movies like The Batman and Spider-Man No Way Home are doing well. I just don't want them to do well at the expense of other movies and if you start charging more for these event movies I think that means that more people are going to see fewer other movies and that is not A good thing. So, I really think that we need to draw a line between things like the Batman and things like the BTS event that took place this last week, because I actually think that doing things like live streaming concerts and selling them at a premium price is a good idea for that business model. If you want to do those kinds of things that brings people in, you sell concessions, I think that's a very good idea. I don't think it's a good idea to bring that pricing model over to movies because now more than ever people want to go they want to know what they're in for and they want to be able to afford it and if you start upcharging people it's not like air travel where you have to pick one or just not go either people are going to stop going to these chains or you're going to open the door for a competing chain who doesn't price things that way to step in and perhaps take some of your market share. So I know that Adam Aaron thinks that this is a really good idea. I don't think that it's a very good idea, but we will see. It appears that AMC and perhaps some of the other chains are leaning in this direction We'll see what happens in the future. Let's look at the top five films per theater, and The Batman was number one for a second week, bringing in $15,000 on average to each of the 4,400 theaters in which it was playing. BTS' Permission to Dance brought in $8,500 per theater. At number three is a film called The Servant. It was playing in only one theater. It was a 4K restoration, so a specialty of specialty releases there with $3,900. Uncharted still in the top five with $2,484 in each of its 3700 theaters and great freedom spending a second week here on this list 2480 in each of the three theaters in which it played looking at the specialty box office otherwise known as limited release these are films that are playing in 1000 theaters or fewer no surprise but bts permission to dance live from Seoul was number one with 6.8 million dollars that is a pretty big number for a movie that is playing in less than a thousand theaters an Indian film, radhe Shyam, and I, again, apologize if I didn't get that pronunciation correct, was number two with $1.8 million, followed by Cyrano with another almost $400,000 in its third week, The Worst Person in the World adding another $200,000 to its total, and the 2022 Oscar shorts in its third week with almost $200,000. BTS is not the number one grossing film of the year domestically, generally, but it is the number one grosser in one category, and that is in limited release for films that have never played in more than 1,000 theaters. It jumps right to the top of the chart. It is the highest grossing limited release film of 2022 with $6.84 million. Cyrano gets dropped down to second place with $3.3 million, followed by The Worst Person in the World with $2.5 million. Then we see the film from India, Rati Shyam. Jumping onto the chart at number four with 1.8 million, followed by the 2022 Oscar shorts, which have grossed a cumulative 1.3 million. The Godfather 50th anniversary drops down two spots to number six. The Beatles and IMAX drops down three spots to number seven. The Tiger Rising drops down two spots, as does Gangubai Kathiawadi to number nine, and Clean to number 10. The film Sundown has dropped out of the top 10 chart, and the film Aline, which was on this chart, has now apparently been recategorized as a 2021 release, thus it is not on the 2022 charts. Let's look comparatively at how this weekend did versus 2021 and 2019, and as you can see, we have dipped once again below that 2019 number largely because that is the box office weekend on which captain marvel debuted three years ago so we weren't really going to hit that number but we are still tracking as you can see well ahead of the 2021 numbers which saw a disappointing debut from raya and the last dragon of course we have that huge spike coming up for the premiere of avengers Endgame, but we also have dr strange in the multiverse of madness we have some potential here in the next few weeks to perhaps bump up against that blue line again but uh, again the road to recovery Still very much in progress, but it's good to see those lines moving up and getting just a little bit closer. And I actually wanted to keep track of something. This is yet another new chart, so uh, ring the bells and do whatever you want to do. Market share. The market share for the year to date, which studio is getting the biggest percentage of the box office business this year? Now, the way that I am measuring this, it's a little bit different from how I measure the 2022 domestic chart. When you're looking at the 2022 domestic chart, those are just films that were released this year in calendar year 2022. This chart for market share is all tickets bought in. In the year 2022 so this has uh whatever money for example spider-man no way home made in calendar year 2022 included this is how much money is going to each specific studio since january 1st no matter when the movies were released And this is going to be a rarity, and this is obviously going to change, but you can see Disney Fox right now uh, in a distant fifth place with only 7% market share so far this year, probably because they haven't had a major release yet this year. Right now, Sony with 32%. Obviously, Spider-Man No Way Home playing a big part in that. Uncharted also a big part for them. So they have nearly one-third of the box office market share this year so far. The Batman doing a lot of good things for Warner Brothers. It has 23% of the market share for 2022 paramount with 13 percent scream and jackass forever both a big boost there you have universal with 12 percent sing 2 was a big help uh, as it played throughout the holiday season and into the new year along with a few other releases then we have disney fox at seven percent mgm united artists at six percent then you have lionsgate there at three percent and all other studios at four percent those are your independent distributors your neons your a24s etc so you See just how little bit of the market share they're all really fighting for. So as it stands right now, Sony and Warner Brothers dominating the 2022 box office market. However, uh, that is not how it's going to look at the end of the year. So take a take a screen grab of that because it's very rare that you're going to see Disney Fox with that small of a market share. Who knows? It may shrink even a little bit more as we get through Morbius opening in April. Uh, But that is going to grow as we get into their theatrical slate for this year. Before we continue, I wanna take just a moment to thank the sponsor of today's show, Athletic Greens. You know, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, but it is really important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. I started taking Athletic Green earlier this year because one of the things that it does focus on is gut health, which is a focus for me as I'm kind of looking at 2022 as a self-improvement year. But the great thing about Athletic Greens is it has so many different ingredients that do so many great things for you and for your body. And it's not just full of vitamins and minerals. It also tastes great, which is especially good because Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly and contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no artificial anything while maintaining that same great taste you've probably heard me talk about it here it's perfectly fine just to throw it in some water drink it on the way out if you're in a hurry i like to throw it into like a smoothie with some fruit or maybe some chocolate milk and some ice you know something to just sort of start my day off if i have a little bit more time but no matter how you drink athletic greens it's still going to taste good and it's still going to give your body all the different things that it needs i would love for you to give athletic greens a try and to make it easy Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, very important during this cold and flu season, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com Dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com D-A-N to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring today's show. Let's look outside the domestic marketplace and go to the international market. The Batman was number one internationally with $66.6 million dollars. BTS Permission to Dance made another $25.7 million outside the domestic marketplace, followed by Uncharted with $11.2 million, The Battle at Lake Chung Jin 2 with $4.3 million, and Turning Red, which was a Disney Plus exclusive in the countries that had Disney Plus. However, there were enough returns from countries that do not have the streaming service, uh, so these were countries in which the theater played theatrically, to bring in $3.8 million, good enough for number 5 internationally. So when you combine the Internet, National box office and the domestic box office. You get the worldwide box office, and we see the Batman adding another 132.6 million dollars to its worldwide total just this weekend. BTS at number two with 32.6 million worldwide, so they were one and two worldwide. The Bats and BTS. Uncharted at number three with another 20.4 million. Then Spider-Man: No Way Home with 6.475 million at number four, and Dog with just over six million dollars at number 5. Let's look at the 2022 domestic box office so these are movies that were just released in calendar year 2022 and The Batman remains on top extending its lead with almost $240 million domestically Uncharted at number 2 with $113 million followed by Scream, Jackass Forever and Dog. Death on the Nile is at number 6 followed by Marry Me and Moonfall. The 355 is at number 9 and Blacklight made just enough to swap out with redeeming love so it is new and it is back on the chart at number 10 uh very good chance that'll be again off the chart in the very near future so we have a little bit of a battle liam neeson is fighting for number 10 on the domestic chart it doesn't matter though because it will be a short lived victory Let's look at 2022 worldwide at the box office, and the battle at Lake Changjin 2 is at number one with $628.2 million. But the Batman gaining fast; it is now the second highest-grossing film of 2022 with $463.2 million. It is rapidly approaching that half-billion-dollar mark. Too Cool to Kill at number three with $405 million, followed by Uncharted, which has broken the $300 million worldwide mark. Nice View at number five, Boonie Bears Back to Earth at number six, Scream. At at number 7, Death on the Nile at 8, Sniper at number 9, and Only Fools Rush In at number 10. And now we'll look at the worldwide chart for the previous 365 days. So from this date today to this date last year, Spider-Man No Way Home, the easy winner with $1.8 billion, followed by the battle at Lake Chongjin, No Time to Die at 3, F9 at 4, the battle at Lake Chongjin 2 at number 5, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is at number six. Godzilla vs. Kong is at number seven, but it has only 10 days left until it ages off of this chart. It will join the 365 Day Club along with, I believe, Tenet made it. I have to go back and check. The Batman, a new entry onto this chart with $465.7 million. It will probably be above uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage probably at number six next week. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings drops down one spot and Too Cool to Kill also joins the chart. That means we drop out two films from last year, Eternals, which spent 131 days on the chart, and Dune, which spent 180 days on the chart. Before we go to the streaming charts, I always like to take a look back at a year in box office history. And this year we're going to go back to 2009 and a controversial Zack Snyder comic book epic, but not the one that would come out a few years later. I'm talking about Watchmen, which debuted on this weekend almost 15 years ago. Very hard to imagine that it's been quite that long. It debuted with $55.2 million, followed by Medea Goes to Jail in its third week, with eight point five million. Of course, Tyler Perry and Medea now have a home on Netflix. Taken was at number three in its sixth week with seven point three million dollars. Slumdog Millionaire in its 17th week enjoying a top five berth of course a lot of Oscar buzz a lot of nominations and wins for that film keeping it up there in the top five people wanting to seek it out and then in its eighth week Paul Blart Mall Cop we kept that Kevin James comedy in the top 10 for two months ladies and gentlemen Boy, back in 2009, we really could do anything. 4.1 million dollars, but yeah, hard to believe it's been almost a decade and a half since we had Watchmen uh, hit theaters and generate a lot of discussion and debate. It was my entry into the whole Watchmen uh, universe. I'd never read it or seen it or anything about it until that movie that got me to read the graphic novel, so for no other reason, uh, I'm glad that that movie existed. And, you know, especially Zack Snyder's got this thing with extended versions because the extended edition of Watchmen is definitely better, just like the extended edition edition of almost all of his movies maybe warner brothers should learn to just let him release the extended editions because they're better Let's look now at what is on the streaming charts, and we're going to first look at the 10 most popular things on Amazon Prime Video. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel stays at number one, season four of that show, uh, currently on top of the charts, followed by the second season of the Greg Daniels show Upload, coming under the chart at number two. Reacher season one is at number three, followed by a non-Amazon film, The Protégé, at number four. The Boys' Diabolical season one is at number five, followed by Lucy and Desi at number six. Hotel Transylvania Transformania at number seven. Ryan Reynolds jumping onto the charts along with Sandra Bullock in The Proposal at number eight. That is included on Amazon Prime, as is everything on this chart. I Want You Back is at number nine. And The Legend of Vox Machina Season One at number 10. Looking at what people are renting and buying over on iTunes, Dog has hit the iTunes chart. It is available premium video on demand, which means that it is basically a high-priced rental, $19.99 for about 48 hours. That's number one, House of Gucci number two, Sing 2 available for purchase at number three, the pre-order on Spider-Man No Way Home, not even out yet, but the pre-order is in the top ten at number four, Belfast at number five, King Richard at number six, Scream at seven, Ghostbusters Afterlife at number eight, No Time to Die returns to the chart at number nine, and the Kurt Warner biopic American Underdog at number ten and as always we will wrap out by looking at what people are watching on Netflix let's start with what they're watching globally the most watched movie on Netflix for the week of February 28th to March 6th was The Weekend Away with 44.4 million hours watched The Weekend Away is the Kim Ferent film starring Leighton Meester Against the Ice which is an Irish Danish survival drama starring Game of Thrones Nikolai Koster-Waldau the the Kingslayer himself is at number 2 A Medea Home Homecoming is at number three, followed by Restless at number four. The Pirates, The Last Royal Treasure, which is the film out of South Korea, is at number five on the chart, followed by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which hit the service once again in many countries, a big global streaming hit with 13.9 million hours watched. Shrek 2 at number seven, also re-entering the charts, along with the original Shrek, which is there at number nine. So people taking advantage of that Mike Myers goodness. The Tender Swindler is at number eight, and Chernobyl 1986 is at number 10 now let's look at the series that people are watching the most of on netflix at number one is vikings valhalla season one that is up from last week over 113.3 million hours watched followed by Inventing Anna at number two. I started that show, I got through the first episode, didn't really care for it, but a lot of other people do because it's still on the chart after four weeks. Pieces of Hers season one at number three, starring the great Tony Collette, who should have multiple Oscars on her mantle, but does not. Season one of The Worst Roommate Ever also entering the chart at number four. Juvenile Justice season one is at number five. Love is Blind season two at number six. Café Con Aroma de Mujer in its 10th week remains at number 7, followed by All of Us Are Dead after 6 weeks still on the chart at number 8, Back to 15 at number 9. Back to 15 is a teen drama series out of Brazil, and at number 10, One of Us is Lying, season 1. Looking now at what is popular here in North America, A Medea Homecoming remains the most watched movie on Netflix here stateside, followed by Shrek 2 at number two, The Weekend Away at three, the Mark Ruffalo-Reese Witherspoon romance Just Like Heaven at number four, Taylor Kitsch. He should have had a better career, but these movies weren't very good. Battleship is at number 5. 21 Bridges, starring the late great Chadwick Boseman at number 6. Against the Ice, and Netflix original, at number 7. Shrek at number 8. Despicable Me 2, which is a holdover, at number 9. And the Netflix original Restless, also a holdover, is at number 10. And finally, here are the 10 most-watched streaming series on Netflix here in the United States. Worst roommate ever is the most-watched show here in the U.S., followed by Vikings Valhalla Season 1, Inventing Anna, Love is Blind Season 2, Pieces of Her entering the chart at number 5, Genius, a Kanye trilogy, still in the top 10 at number 6, Sweet Magnolia Season 2 at number 7, the first season of Love is Blind at number 8, so people catching up on both seasons of that show, Ozark Season 4 Part 1 is at number 10, and for a second consecutive week, are we going to do this all over again? Maybe. Coco Melon Season 4 spending its second consecutive week as one of the 10 most watched Netflix series in the United States. And that does it for charts this week. Theater owners were probably happy to have BTS this last weekend because there were no big, major wide releases. Really the same story this week. Next week we have uh, The Lost City, but they're going to have to kind of make do with what they've got this week. There is a big movie weekend, though, as far as streaming and everything else. The biggest wide release in theaters is a Sandra Oh film called Uma from producer Sam Raimi and director Iris K. Shim. And Select Theaters is a film that played at Sundance that I enjoyed, but critics have not enjoyed thus far, which is called Alice. Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas have what will now be an awkward romance together in the film Deep Water. That premieres on Hulu this weekend. In select theaters and on Amazon Prime, another Sundance film that I did not get a chance to see called Master is playing. I'll probably be watching that. Over on Netflix, Oscar nominee Jesse Plemons joins an ensemble cast for the movie Windfall. And in select theaters from A24 comes the, what looks to be, porn, horror, drama film X. The trailers for this film look very interesting. Apparently there's already a sequel that's been shot. So a lot of very interesting specialty releases, a lot of interesting stuff on streaming, but if you're a theater owner, not a big crowd getter, uh, at least on the mainstream level, until these next couple of weeks. That'll do it for this week's Charts with Dan. Stay tuned here. This week, I'm going to be looking at some of the Oscar-nominated films, reviewing both the animated movies, uh, some of the international films, so I'm going to start that series up this week. Also going to keep my ear out for any of these new releases, streaming releases that I might want to tell you about, and of course, any news stories that come across if Jane Campion says anything interesting. I've never seen public opinion turn on somebody so quickly. Of course, if you want to see even more of what I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. I've just lowered the prices and adjusted the tiers you can become a part of dan's movie club for five dollars we are looking at some best picture winners this month and it's been great we're already growing the number of people that can join the conversation there so we'd love to have you come and join if you checked it out and decided it wasn't for you come back and give it another look because i think you might find something that you'll enjoy i want to thank my partner carbon health and athletic greens my sponsor for today's show and i most importantly want to thank you for watching stay safe out there and i'll see you next time bye